can call it whatever you want, but at the end of the day, I think uh, I think Sean Payne knows what he's doing, and I, I do trust him that he'll get this quarterback right, even if it's a Michael Pratt or a Bo Nix or even Michael Penix. Even though I, I really don't want them to take Michael Penix or J.J. McCarthy, I do trust Sean Payne. Avenue Podcast. I'm your host as always, Amir Farrell, back at you guys with another episode. Um, back-to-back episodes and back-to-back days at you guys with some uh, rather um, interesting news uh, out from ESPN and their predictions of how the Denver Broncos may uh, operate their roster this offseason, starting with the quarterback position specifically, uh, will be t- the main topic of discussion in today's episode, um, as it has definitely been a hot topic uh, the last uh, few weeks or so ever since the news uh, from Diane Rossini and Adam Schefter and everyone that the Denver Broncos are expected to move on from Russell Wilson this offseason. Where could he land? How could the Broncos absorb this uh, massive dead cap hit? And how do they move on and move forward with their quarterback position? Before we jump into all that and more in today's episode, make sure if you're listening on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, comment down below what you guys think throughout this episode. Do you agree with these ESPN projections? I'll give you guys my thoughts throughout the episode. Let me know if you disagree or agree with me. And if you're listening at Spotify as well, please follow the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and then let me know as well. There's I always put a question uh, underneath the, uh, the podcast if you guys have noticed that, the Spotify listener. I always have a question there for you guys to answer. Um, and then for the Apple Podcast listeners, you guys just have to miss out. No, you guys can uh, you guys can chime in on the YouTube comment section or DM me on Instagram. Let me know what you guys think. Um, without further ado, let's jump into it. So ESPN predicts, first of all, first of all let's talk about their, their uh, Russell Wilson prediction. They have Russell Wilson signing with the Atlanta Falcons on a three-year, $36 million deal, $20 million guaranteed. So they still have Russ getting paid, and then also the Broncos will obviously be paying him around forty million just this season, of because of that dead cap hit. Um, there are the Broncos obviously expected to use the post June for his designation, which means eighty five million dead uh dead cap hit will be split across the next two seasons. Twenty twenty four be around that forty uh forty million dollar range, and forty five for twenty twenty five something around though those uh contractual numbers, but um. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Wilson going to the Atlanta Falcons honestly could be his best his best bet in free agency if the Falcons want it that way. Obviously, the Falcons' uh, new head coach Raheem Morris, um, the the quarterback decision will fall mainly up to him, be mainly up to him and uh, the Falcons' uh, GM as well and their front office ownership, uh, as probably as a collective group deciding there. Obviously, coaching staff will play a 
big part in that. But um, Russell Wilson, if he does go to the Atlanta Falcons, he will be working closely with new head coach Raheem Morris, new offensive coordinator. Which, by the way, Raheem Morris, I he was one of my like top three preferred candidates uh, a few years ago. Um, uh, you know, when we were the running for Nathaniel Hackett and all those other uh, candidates as well, Kevin O'Connell. That, all of them. Raheem Morris is one of my preferred uh, candidates that I didn't necessarily hate, as well as last year. Like, I even came on the show, and I think Raheem Morris is a great coach. The versatility, knowing, you know, calling plays for offensive offense and defense throughout his career, the minds that he's been around. He's literally coached under, he's coached on the same team as staff as uh, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, he's been around some really, really good coaches. Coached uh, with Dan Quinn as well, so um, over in Atlanta, and obviously he's been an interim head coach before, so he's got all the experience, and this could be a good uh, landing spot for um, Russell Wilson. Um, he Russell Wilson also have a plethora of weapons uh, to you know choose from there in Atlanta, um, including B. John Robinson, uh, who's expected to have a massive sophomore year. Um, Tyler Algier, still a really good receiving back. Uh, and running back in general, Drake London, a uh, very under, underrated receiver in the NFL. I think he could put up some nasty production with Russ, considering Russ relies a lot on those contested catch situations, how we saw with Cortland Sutton this year. Um, and then tight end Kyle Pitts, who really needs some targets, really needs some targets. Obviously, um, I haven't watched from like a super like dissective angle when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, but just from an outside perspective, it looks like they're still not use, utilizing him properly. Um, he did have a he did see a little bit more red zone opportunities this season, but still there was certain situations where I saw Johnu Smith, their backup tight end, inserted more than uh their obviously their top five pick in Kyle Pitts. I believe he selected fourth overall and. The way they've utilized him up to this point is very odd. You would think that new offensive coordinator Zach Robinson, obviously if Russ does sign there, he'll be working very closely with Zach Robinson. You'll think Robinson will utilize Pitts correctly. But aside from the point uh, before I ramble on even more about Kyle Pitts, I know a lot of the fantasy owner, owners out there uh, would love to have a whole episode over that. But um, as for Russell Wilson potentially in Atlanta, I think this could be great for him. Um, we're still going to talk about this even on the show, even though Russell Wilson isn't really in the future of the Denver Broncos, just for like the sake of Russell Wilson's career uh, and, and all that. This obviously will, I mean, the Broncos are paying him. They're going to be paying him where, where he'll be playing next season. Might as well talk about it. Um, Zach Robinson, I th obviously past game coordinator, quarterbacks coach the last three years of the, the Los Angeles Rams. I could talk to a, a long length about him. Um, he is one of the. He was one of the highly sought after uh, offensive coordinator candidates in the entire NFL this season. Had multiple uh, interview requests. Very young mind who was you know kind of groomed under Sean McVay. Uh, you know not even the last three years, but he, he passed that as well. He coached uh, wide receivers over there as well. So um, that's a that's a phenomenal hire for the Falcons. And if they could add Russell Wilson to this mix, I'm not gonna lie. A lot of people will probably be pissed off about this. Just because it didn't work out here in Denver, um, Broncos making the playoffs and whatnot. But I, I don't think it's crazy to say that if Russell Wilson goes to the Atlanta Falcons, that they could be an instant playoff team. I mean, that defense has played well enough. Um, obviously, adding a quarterback to the mix with an elite run game with uh, Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. 
We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You have two good uh, young tight ends in Jonu Smith um, and Kyle Pitts. And then you have the Drake London. You got Matt Collins. You added Van Jeff- Jefferson at the deadline. Not to mention, who's to say they don't go offense with the eighth overall pick as well? I think they'll go defense. Um, a lot of mock drafts are uh, mocking a lie out to a lot to uh, the the edge from UCLA. Um, so maybe that could potentially be the pick for them. Uh, you know, I, I see de- them going defense, could, but they could go offense. You never know. There's a, uh, you know, Malik neighbors is up there. In the draft boards. Um, obviously you got the, the wide receiver, uh, from Washington. Um, there, there's a lot of weapons up there to choose from. Then obviously you got Brock Bowers out of Georgia, really, really good young tight end who a lot of NFL scouts really think highly of you. I mean, Look, they're not gonna they're they're not gonna go tight end. Hopefully, with uh, Kyle Pitts and John Smith there, but you get the point. Um, that's it's a good situation for any quarterback to go in. Especially, it would be a lucky situation for Russ to enter. Excuse me, at this point in his career. So, um, this would be honestly the best possible situation out there. Um, I know I, there's a lot of Russell Wilson fans that do listen to this podcast. Figured I'd talk about this little segment with uh, ESPN predicting um the Broncos uh, off season and how that go. They have Russell Wilson signing with the Atlanta Falcons this season uh, and teaming up with Zach Robinson. Definitely interesting. I, I, I personally don't see this one. I still feel like gut feeling tells me Wilson goes to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. who looks like they're closing in on Arthur Smith as their OCs. Um, that's how I see things going. I think they're going to get a little bit of quarterback competition for former first-round pick Kenny Pickett. But next, uh, Ian, ESPN's uh, 2024 offseason predictions for the Denver Broncos. They have... Um, the Broncos making one of two moves at quarterback. They have them signing quarterback Gardner Minshew to a two-year, $14 million deal, um, which is a little bit, obviously, on the pricey side, $7 million annually. Or, in their, their last scenario, they have the Broncos drafting two-lane quarterback Michael Pratt with a third-round pick. Um, in a recent interview uh, at the Senior Bowl, Michael Pratt informed the media that he's actually already held multiple interviews with the Denver Broncos, multiple pre-draft interviews, um, you know, leading up to the Senior Bowl on February 3rd, which is uh, just two days away um, coming up this weekend. So obviously already uh, talks, go- ongoing talks there with the Broncos, Sean Payton and uh, Tulane quarterback Michael Pratt, who's projected to be a third or fourth round pick. So at the in the third round, it might be a little bit of a reach considering where the Broncos are going to be picking at. Um, they could. I'd honestly prefer them to go like corner or edge in the third round, personally. But we'll see how they uh, what they do with their first round pick. That that's obviously most importantly. Maybe they could trade back, or they don't. If maybe Sean Payton doesn't like JJ McCarthy or Bo Nix, he trades back, acquires a second round pick, and in, in in that situation and another additional first. Who knows? Um, it depends on what team obviously they'll be trading up. Uh, you know how that haul will look, but um. Tulane quarterback Michael Pratt could be an interesting one here. I'll start off with Gardner Minshew first. In 13 games started in 2023, Minshew threw 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and led the Colts to a 7-6 record. And you could honestly ask any Colts fan after AR-15 went down if they thought their season was going to you know, have any chance of them getting close to the playoffs, and they would have laughed at you. And Gardner Minshew, all credit to him, you know, reuniting with Shane Steichen, and Indianapolis, his uh, first season, 
does really good work there. Um, obviously, he's very, in my opinion, game manager-esque. I thought J- uh, JT, Jonathan Taylor, had a solid season, but um, ultimately, I feel like he did what he was asked of in that system, and I thought he does deserve credit for that. But for two years, $14 million, that kind of, it's a little bit, I, I just don't see the Broncos making that deal, and I personally wouldn't want them to at that point with the Broncos paying Jarrett Sidham $5 million for this next season. They already paid him his, uh, you know, $5 million his previous season. I am, there's a guaranteed money and everything. Like at this point, I think the Broncos have already invested too much in the quarterback position to the point where you can't really warrant paying Gardner Minshew a $14 million contract, two-year deal, let alone. Like why would you give Minshew a two-year deal in this situation? Um, I, I, I don't know if this, that gives them any kind of advantage in trying to lure Minshew to Denver, but I, I just don't see it happening personally. I've predicted on this epi- this show, uh, you know, for weeks now that I feel like Minshew. Well, we went over um, a free agent slash trade target episode for quarterbacks. Make sure you guys check that out on the channel podcast. Um, I believe that Minshew will return to Indianapolis, uh, resigned uh, with them just just so they have that uh, solid, uh, you know, contingency plan behind uh, AR fifteen when he does come back. Uh, you know, week one, twenty twenty four, but. Yeah, I just don't see the Broncos, one, signing Minshew, two, being able to sign Minshew just because I think he'll go back. And then number three, I just personally don't think it makes any sense just from like a, a money standpoint. Um, would he be an upgrade over Russ? Yes. Is it so much of an upgrade to the point where you have to, where you feel like it's paying him that money is necessary to be your starter over Jared Sidham? Personally, call me crazy. I would just go with Jared Sidham at that point. Um, I know people might think I'm crazy, though. I think with a full offseason of actual first-team reps, if they do decide to go with Stidham instead of signing a Minshew or drafting a Bo Nix or Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy, whoever they could have their eyes on, if they do decide to go with, with Jared Stidham, the positives are at least it gets a full offseason with first-team reps. At least it's getting a full offseason with whoever the Broncos' starting weapons will be. I'm assuming Jerry Judy and or Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, I, I personally believe will be back. Um, then they could obviously add a receiver, maybe fourth or fifth. In some, at some point in the draft, they probably will draft a receiver and then add more weapons through undrafted uh, free agency and then obviously NFL free agency coming up in March. But um, just me personally at this point, um, I feel like you would, you would just go with Jared Sidham over Gardner Mitchell simply because of the contract issues uh, with the Broncos are dealing with the cap ramp. Russell Wilson release. Um, that's just how I view things personally. Um, you're just you're just you're you're do, you're devoting so much money already to the quarterback position where I don't think Gardner Minshew is necessarily that big of an upgrade where you, you give him that two year deal. Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. I think it's that big of a risk that the Broncos should take. Um, next, uh, like I mentioned, uh, Michael Pratt, who the Broncos projected by ESPN to uh, draft be drafted in the third round if they don't get their hands on Gardner Minshew, they have as their last resort scenario. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, Michael Pratt a little bit. Watch a little bit of his his uh, tape today. Thought I saw some things that I really liked, and honestly, I was um didn't like necessarily go into his uh, like film session thinking that I would love these things about him. But he honestly showed a little bit of flashes, and I can see why he's starting to pick up a little bit of steam. You know, heading into the Senior Bowl and Combine and everything. Um, Michael Pratt, 22 years old, turning 23 in September this year. Uh, he's your prototypical passer who can exploit the short and intermediate areas of the field with his arm, uh, but he can struggle at times with the deep ball. In fact, he does struggle a lot more than I wanted to see. 
Um, I feel like the arm talent isn't really there personally. Um, he does have quick, uh, you know, efficient footwork, which is very respectable, especially something I know Sean Payne prefers in his quarterbacks, something that Russell Wilson struggled gravely in 2023. Um, I thought Pratt really, really good with the decision-making situations that I saw personally. Um, he never really puts the ball in harm's way. to smart with the football. Really like that about him. Obviously something Sean Payton really likes on tape. Uh, the important in his offense. Uh, but like I said, I do think uh, Michael Pratt does lack the athleticism, arm strength, and the arm talent that the other quarterbacks possess that make me believe, well, I hate this pick. No, but I'm not necessarily ecstatic about this to the point where I can say, yeah, let's pass on Bo Nix at 12, or let's not trade back for Bo, Bo in the first round, and let's let's actually draft Michael Pratt in the third or fourth. Me personally, I'm just not so on board that if the Broncos find someone in free agency, if they can land a Kirk Cousins and then draft a Michael Pratt, I'm down for it. Um, even if you sign a Michael or sign a Kirk Cousins, I don't think Michael Pratt necessarily has to be drafted, nor any other quarterback like Spencer Rattler, who by the way has been impressing at the senior bowl. Um and then, you know, by the way, speaking of the senior bowl, uh Michael Pratt has he did uh, impress day one, but day two he did struggle. A um, little bit of inconsistency there. As well, Bo Nix and Michael Penix have been massive disappointments. Everything I'm hearing out of uh, Mobile, Alabama. But, um, yeah, as of now, just Michael Pratt. I thought, like, the, the dude has a beautiful touch in a football. Just, like, his flick on the ball, man. It was really nice, uh, you know, watching on tape. And, um, Just me personally, uh, I, I would go pass here, but I w- wouldn't necessarily hate it if – Look, the the whole thing here is we can talk about personal preferences all day. Like me, I love Jane Daniels, uh, Drake May, and I would trade the farm for them, um, as well as Caleb Williams, obviously. Who doesn't love those guys? Those are my preferences, uh, personally. With how I think the Broncos, should, I, I would personally, I I I would not hesitate at all in a heartbeat to trade PS two and a first, a second, and whatever it takes to move up for one of those guys. I just don't think it's realistic that it does happen. Just don't want to make. You saw the Bears, they were luring um they're they're luring their OC candidates with the idea that Caleb Williams will be the, the guy that they'll be coaching. Like they that was a report coming out from Benjamin Albright and different that they were literally using Caleb Williams as literal literal like lore, whatever you want to call it, um to you know lure them in to be the, the new coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Um so that's what got them a Kerry Joseph as their quarterback's coach. Then a Shane Waldron as our offensive coordinator, but without you know more uh, you know rambling and all that, um, I just think at this point, um, I think the Broncos aren't going to be in the in the the running for those top three quarterbacks. And we could talk about preferences all day, like I mentioned. Um, but at the end of the day, whatever Sean Payne prefers in this quarterback and whatever he takes and whatever he decision he makes after that those that last day of April and on day three of the draft, I I'm confident that Sean Payton can get the most out of that quarterback and max maximize and utilize the strengths because I see a lot of people talking about oh this guy doesn't fit Sean Payton's system this guy doesn't schematically insert well into Sean Payton's west coast uh, talk all day about that but at the end of the day what has Sean Payton done since his first days in the league we look all the way back to his time as OC with the Giants time with the quarterbacks coach in Dallas 
then obviously taking over at the New Orleans Saints and see what he did, helping Drew Brees form a Hall of Fame career. We all know he'll be a first ballot Hall of Fame. He adjusts his, his offense to his quarterbacks. He, You look at it last season with Russ. Not a lot of people want to you know, acknowledge it. And when they talk about, oh, the Broncos are running so many screens and passes behind the line of scrimmage, the Broncos were like top 14 in passes downfield. The Broncos were like top 14 like play act like play action they they could have used it utilized it more so I could be wrong there but they did utilize a good amount of play action and out of pocket situations where they literally designed those plays for Russ and Russ was still missing guys and wasn't able to always success, be successful in those scenarios you can bring it back up on tape he did everything that he could to get the best out of Russ and you see that with the stats 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's because of the situations that Sean Payton put him in. Look how it went from Nathaniel Hockett, and then look how it went from Sean Payton. And then look how it will be without Sean Payton next season. We'll see how it looks if maybe he does team up with a, a Zach Robinson in Atlanta, who I think Zach Robinson could get uh, you know, a great deal of production out of Russell Wilson. Do I think he's still anywhere near a top-20 quarterback? I don't I don't think so, personally. Uh, call me harsh on that, but... um. I, I just personally, I, I think whatever Sean Payne prefers to do and whatever quarterback he prefers to bring in, I'll be fine with it just because I know what he is capable of getting out of his quarterbacks. They don't call him a quarterback guru for, for nothing. So um, I don't know about you guys. I'm confident in Sean Payton, and I'm so glad. I'm still, I still pinch myself sometimes, uh, you know, knowing the fact that he's our head coach and um, you can call it whatever you want, but. At the end of the day, I think uh, I think Sean Payne knows what he's doing, and I, I do trust him that he'll get this quarterback right, even if it's a Michael Pratt or a Bo Nix or even Michael Penix. Even though I, I really don't want them to take Michael Penix or J.J. McCarthy, I do trust Sean Payton. Um, so with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you're listening on YouTube, as I mentioned early in the episode, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, comment down below what you guys thought about all of ESPN's predictions with Russell Wilson to Atlanta. And then uh, the Broncos signing potentially Gardner Minshew or drafting two-lane quarterback Michael Pratt in the third round. What do you guys think in the comments down below? Uh, what do you guys think about uh, the, the Broncos potentially trading PS2 to move up for a top quarterback? Do you guys think it's worth the risk? What do you guys think about my opinion that I would do it in a heartbeat? Just me personally, I, I feel like corner is not going to get you anywhere near where a, a franchise quarterback can get you in this league. You have to do anything you can get to do to get to a franchise quarterback i mean how often have we really sat here and been like yeah a cornerback really did work for this this team to get them to the super bowl like the last time i think we can even say that is like chris Harris jr and akib to lead with the broncos 2015 when the the defense carried but it was literally was whole defensive effort that kind of carried our off i think we can all agree they kind of carried peyton to the super bowl a little bit um i just feel like franchise quarterback you have to do anything you can to get to get that guy let me know what you guys think in the comments but with that being said i'm your host amir farrell to the next episode Bye, everybody